tonight we're going to, I didn't bring a stack of Svarim tonight because uh, we're going to focus, again, there'll always be mixings on, on a piece by Rabbi Rucham Levavitz, who was the Mashgiach in the Mir Yeshiva in pre-war Europe. Um, the, the Das Torah, the Sefer, which is the collection, which I have at home and I couldn't find, so I had to get off the computer these pieces. That was, I believe, written by Revolva. Revolva came to the Mir Yeshiva from Germany. And he became very close to Rabbi Rucham. Rabbi Rucham gave special shiurim to the boys who came from Western Europe to the Mir Yeshiva. At that time, there were it, it became somewhat a bit of an international yeshiva, meaning there there were American boys, right? Apparently, they, I read a description of American boys playing football in front of the Mir Yeshiva. Right? They brought their football with them, and there were boys from Holland and Germany and. Um, other Western countries, so Rabbi Rucham understood that they would have different questions than boys who grow up in Lita and Poland and such. And he had special sharing with them. Now, again, the Bali Musar spend a lot of time examining the inner workings of a person. One of Rabbi Sol Salanter's lines was, a person can go live for 70 years and never meet himself. Right? You can never see what's going on in there, what, what makes us do things and what tremendous powers we have inside of ourselves. Rousseau used to call him, as some people say he's talking about the subconscious, which means, literally it means dark powers, but really it means invisible powers, powers that you can't see that are in the dark, that really are motivating a lot of the things that you do. And because you don't, you're not even aware of them, you don't know how to utilize them, you don't know how to harness them, you don't know how to, how to deal with them. So in these parshas, right, when dealing with Paro, Paro, you've seen this from, is always there as, as the klipa, as a sign of the Yetzirah, meaning we all have a Paro inside of us, and we all have to get free from the Paro. So looking at this process that's going on here in the parsha helps us understand ourselves and what we have to battle against. So that's what we're going to take a look at this week. And it starts off with one little pasuk. The title of the piece that Rabbi Rucham has is he calls it Inyan Haleitzonus E Simas which means the matter of Leitzonus. Okay, Leitzonus usually is translated um, poorly as joking. It can mean like scoffing, but we see oftentimes that it's much more negative. Amolek is called Aleitz. There's a pasuk in Mishle, Leitz take upeti yarim, strike the leitz, and the person who's kind of petty is somewhat gullible will become more clever. They say the leitz is Amalek. Nothing funny about Amalek, right? He comes to kill us. Here also, Paro the Medrash refers to as a leitz. The Medrash says, when Hashem says, you'll see, Esasher hisalalti b'mitzrayim in Parshas Bo, the way I, so to speak, laughed at Mitzrayim, and it's based on a Pasuk Mishle, it says, To that person, so to speak, that scoffs and laughs, he will scoff and laugh back. But he said, that the scoffing and laughing isn't the true nature of the Litz. The true nature of the Litz is what's called Loshos Libo, to ignore, to not apply your heart to something. So there's an amazing power we have in ourselves, which is the power to ignore things. And it can be used positively, it can be used negatively. And here suddenly in Paro, this is revealed to us 
in all of its power. Let's take a look at where it comes in. It comes right after <coughs> Makas Dam, right? It says, okay, so right after it turned into Dam. So it says, Vayifen Paro, right? And Paro, it, first it tells us, Vayasu Ken Chatume Mitzrayim. The magicians in Mitzrayim were able to do similarly, Belotayim, Vayechzak Lev Paro, Paro's heart got stronger. Hashem, he didn't listen to Moshe and Aaron, just as Hashem had told him. But now there's this posuk, Vayifen Paro Vayavo El Beso. Paro turned, and he came to his house, and he didn't apply his heart to this either, meaning first Moshe Rabbeinu did the sign with the mate, right, with the snakes and such, and here comes the first of the Makos Dam, and he didn't apply his heart to it. Why is the Pesach telling us that Paro went home? Right? What difference does it make if he went to his office, he went to the bar for a drink with his friends? Right? He went home and he didn't shoslibo, he didn't place his heart. Right? He didn't apply his heart to this, which is what we call to ignore it. That's very powerful ignoring to be able to do. Right? Imagine Paro comes home, like I, I imagine, you know, his wife asks him, how was your day? He says, oh, not so good. Why? Oh, Moshe and Aaron turned all the water in Mitzrayim into blood. Oh, that's so annoying. Why'd they do that? You know, the same thing. They said, let the Jews out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but meanwhile, what's for supper? And how did Tutankhamun do on his little hieroglyphics test? And, you know, what's, what's it? how do you ignore such a thing? Now, it's interesting. The Chassam Sofer says that it emphasizes the house, that really Paro had water in his house. That's why he didn't care so much. Why did he have water in his house? Because Moshe Rabbeinu grew up in his house. So again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with that matter of HaKar Satov, of recognizing the toes that was there, so that house, the water wasn't affected by Makastan. Yeah, he has another time where he said, you? Huh? The Chum Sefer. Yeah. Amakar, I, I didn't see that he brought it on a... On a <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, so, uh, some Reb Shom Shvadron says he, 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 he based it on the fact that it says that not there's a medrash that says not only the Khartoumim but also Paro's wife was able to, to do this trick so he says when he came home so he says it was his wife yelling at him as well right he didn't pay attention to that either but what we want to take a look at is a human's ability to ignore something and to move on with what you have so he brings as an example of the power of ignoring. He says, you may laugh at Paro and take a look. You know, it, it seems ridiculous, right? Paro throughout, right? You're getting hit again and again and again and again. Even the last one, when he goes after them at Yamsuf, you were just through Makas Bukharis. Why are you coming again, right? And, and this is something, on one hand, we think that we laugh at it. But then he says, we have to look at ourselves and what we ignore. He brings a description of Chaim Velozhner wrote about a dialogue between a Jew from the city of Luz. Okay, the city of Luz is this legendary city where no one where dies. People never die. Where people never die. Speaking to one of us, a regular Jew from another place. So he says, this is the way he describes it. He says, um, the Jew from Luz says, you probably don't spend much effort on food. Just eat some vegetables you can pick. Right, because why bother? You know, you're going to die soon. And they said, uh, no, actually, we, we invest a lot in our, our food 
and these things. He said, you probably don't bother to build a house, right? Because just put up a tent because one day you're here, next day you're gone. No, we actually, we, we spend a lot. We build very big houses as much as we can. And, and clothing, you know, you probably just take a sack or something to put on. Why, why make a suit for <laughs> 70, 80, 90 years? Garnished, it's, it's not worth it. No, we, we, we take our clothing very seriously. Okay, so he says, he says, um, looking at it from that perspective, he says there, there is something to it. I mean, we ignore the fact sometimes we go through life and it's somewhat a defense mechanism going through life without realizing that it's not that long. It really isn't that long. You're still young. <laughs> right now. But it's, it's getting there, you know, at this and you see, and you put yourself into things, you put kochas into things, as if you're always going to be there, right? Now, so what, you're supposed to be morbid? A person will say, you're supposed to always be thinking about it? It's not morbidity. There's a Rabbeinu Tam. I saw it quoted from the Sefer Ayosha. I was looking in it to try to find. He says like this, it's not a chisarn in bitochen to be realistic and realize that things happen in life, such as death. He says the person has to prepare for that will come, whether it's making a will or, you know, a variety of different things, knowing that it is there, right? You can't, you can't, I mean, a person can ignore it. We do ignore it, but it's, it's not smart to ignore it. And it's not be talking to say, well, maybe it won't happen to me. No, this is the Bria that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created. And illness can happen. And people lose their money and go bankrupt. Different things can happen. And you have to be aware so that when these things happen, they don't totally shake you and, and destroy your whole picture of life. Okay, but a lot of things we prefer not to think about and we're able to ignore them. That's a huge koch. That's a huge power. He said that was the power that Paro was harnessing. Okay, now, this power, like every power Kodesh Baruch Hu gives us, can be used positive and can be used negative. There are many things we must ignore in order to function, right? Because, uh, like it says in Mishlei, that there's negative forms of fear, right? The person who's lazy, he'll say there are lions in the street, there are snakes, meaning it's true, it's a dangerous world out there, but we do have to function. If a person would think every time he got into a car, right, how can I get into this thing? You know, there is all these cars on the road being driven by who knows what, at whatever speeds, right? Now, how can I do it? So a person has to be able to, and if you're thinking about that while you're driving, you're not going to be a good driver. You're going to be so tense, it's going to be dangerous. So a person is able to set it aside. Again, very pertinent to our days, the Rambam in Hilchus Melachim, where he talks about when a Jewish soldier goes out to war, he has to set aside thoughts of his wife and his children that may weaken him or make him sad. Right? Again, a terrible day today with so many lost. And um, these ideas, sometimes it's called to compartmentalize, but com to compartmentalize means both focus on one thing, but the ability to not be seeing or sensing those other things around us. Those uh, help us function. Right? Those are important to us. But, okay, the idea of Isi Maslev, he says, the fact that we ignore things affects us so powerfully. For example, he says, Emuna. He says, Emuna, it's foolish that people think if Hashem would do some kind of miracle for me, I would have Emuna. 
Okay, first of all, you've got to realize that all the Rishoyim in Tanakh basically saw miracles, certainly in Chumash. Right? They saw, Korach saw, Dosen Ravirum saw, they saw miracles. How can it be? So again, a person has the ability to ignore things, right? Even, even if it's there, it doesn't do. There's a story, a couple versions of it that, um, that uh, I think it was a member of the Chorsky family from Milwaukee was here in Eretz Yisrael. Many years ago, he got on a bus and the bus driver was a Jew, spoke Yiddish, right? And he, not wearing a kippah, and he saw, he said, oh, Hasidish Yid. And um, he said, uh, he was chatting with him a little bit, you know, about where he was from. And he said, I was, I was from Pinsk. Pinsk was also Karlin. And he says, let me tell you an interesting story. He says, I was part of the group, the young people that, you know, our parents used to go to shul, but we used to hang out and smoke. Okay. He says, but here's, here's the story. One Friday night, I get together with my friend and we had cigarettes. Nobody had matches. So I said, what are we going to do? He says, in the Beis HaChaim, in the cemetery, is the Kever of Arna Godel of Karlin. And the Hasidim always keep an air tomid going there. We'll go light up on that. So we went, he said, and my friend bent over with the cigarette to light up, and he dropped down dead. He said, in that, in that position, that's the way they took him away. So this person looked at him, he said, what, what? Well, what happened to you? He said, I found someone else to smoke with. <laughs> it, it happened to him. It didn't happen to me. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it didn't, a, a, person, a person can, can pay no attention. Now, he says, a ksil, right, is a fool, it says in Mishle, is looking for a muna in the ends of the earth. But really, he says, a person would look at our world and you see... Right. I've spoken about this before. There are psychologists now that specialize in dealing with people's reaction to being in outer space and looking at the world from outer space. And some of those reactions are great fear, <clears throat> sadness. One description I saw, someone said, I see this, this ball of blue and green in life, but it's surrounded by death. And this is what the Pesach says, Tola Eretz Our world is hanging on really, on, on nothing, on this thread. If the world would be a little closer to the sun, it would burn up. A little further from the sun, it would turn into ice, right? The, the combinations of things and the balance in the world are incredible, just we don't have that perspective. We don't zoom out that way, and therefore we, we ignore it, right? He says, you don't have to go far. That's why it says, look up to the Shemaim, Rumi bara ele. See, who, who created these things? He says, if you don't ignore it, it's there for you, right? He says, you're, you're able to do that and to see. In terms of Jewish history also, right? There's a, there's a young man I knew, I taught him years ago. Um, it was interesting. He was from Monroe, New York, which is where... Right, there's the Kiryasiol, a large Satmar village just outside now. It was yeah. much smaller then. He said he never entered it. He wasn't from, he had nothing to do with them particularly. And he said he reconnected with Yiddishkeit just like somebody gave him some of Rabbi Wine's history tapes to listen to. He was into it. He worked in a, as an upholsterer 
And, um, and he said, while he was doing his work, he would listen to these tapes. And he said, that story, that story of who we are and what we've gone through, he says, how could I not? It was, to him, it was, it was just so obvious if you look at that story and see it and sense. Elchavrus, his name is Benny Hager. He's, um, he was a pretty high up officer in the Israeli army. He was uh, what's called the Sgan Ktsin Chinuch Rashi. There's an army as an education department. And he was in the second command. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, he was told, he told me, he was called in at one point and said, You should just know that you'll never be in charge because of the keeper. He says, you know, he says, again, it was better back in his day. Now it got much worse. Yes. And um, he said during the Yom Kippur War, so he was sent to try and, you know, see the, the depression of soldiers was, was terrible. In the beginning of the war, there were a lot of losses. The fear that everything could be taken over was there. So he went to, by, by Egypt, where soldiers were, and he went with a famous Israeli poet, someone named Chaim Guri. So he said, Chaim Guri wasn't a classically observant person, but a very Masorati person, a person who, so he said, we came into this room and the soldiers were just slumped, sitting there with their heads down. And this Chaim Guri just started telling them, he says, let's go back, you know, to Mitzrayim, right, that the Jews were there and they came out. And he just stepped them through Jewish history, all the different things that were there, Yoshua conquering Eretz Yisrael, and then the Churban, and then coming back, and then this, and he just drew it to him, and my friend told me that he saw, as he spoke, the soldiers' heads just came up like a flower getting water, <coughs> meaning that suddenly they were able to zoom out the lens and see this picture just of, of what our reality is, what our history is, and, and what and who we are. So that's why he says, it says in Mishle, the eyes of a fool are always looking to the ends of the earth. He wants something special, he wants something to show him he says, you don't need more than what's here. Now, one of the most dangerous forms of ignoring, he says, and this is where it ties into late sonus, is ignoring who people are. This is what Rabbeinu Yonah says in the Shari Tshuva. One of the groups says that is called Kat Leit Sonim, the group of Leit Sonim. Okay, this doesn't mean plain jokers or people that tell you jokes or such. These are people that, he says, don't pay attention to things. They ignore things, meaning they, they're not things that are great and lofty. They don't pay attention to their greatness, right? Yeah. They just uh, ignore it. And, he said, the worst is, He says, he doesn't value other people because he ignores the greatness of what a human being is. Okay, and Mishle it says, and this backfires on him, Mishle it says the Pasuk, A person who scorns something will end up getting hurt by that thing. Because in Pirkei Yovis it says, Never scorn or undervalue any person. Don't like, push away anything in the world. There is no person who doesn't have his moment. And there's nothing in the world that doesn't have its place. So he says, 
This is the opposite of Ezu Chacham Anomin Bikal Adam. He says, if you would pay attention to what a creation in Adam is, what an Adam is, he says, for sure you have something to learn from every Adam. For sure this person has something valuable, right? And one of the Chachamim would stand up for the Zakanim of Umas HaOlam, for an older person, even from the nations, even if he was an Ovid Avodazar. Why? Because we say, how many adventures did he have in life? Right? So many things, even if it's one word, one line, one action, all these things are here. And to look at something in the world, never to undervalue it, never to devalue it, that's the opposite of the let's, right? A person who pays attention to it. He says, how does it happen? He asks us a question. How can it be? How can it be that a person doesn't listen to another person? Someone's talking to you. Someone wants to talk to you. How do you not listen to him? He says, because you ignore him. Ignoring him means you mavatil his words even before he gets them out. You already crossed him off. And therefore, you're able to make him non-existent. He says, that's a paro type of approach. We have to have the opposite. In the Gemara, one of the Chachomim said, I learned much from my teachers, more from my colleagues, from my students, I learned right, more than all of them. So the Talmud Rebbe said that he feels that that statement was not just a report of where he got knowledge from. He's saying that's a precondition for teaching. Meaning, when a person is teaching, he has to project the fact that every person in my class, or every person learning is valuable, and every single one of you has something to contribute, something that I can get. If a person senses that, then it's this joint effort. If from the beginning it comes out like, you're a bunch of ignoramuses, sit still, and I will give you my wisdom, communication is cut. I once uh, I saw this, uh, there was a time way back in Boston, so um, they sent out what was called the seed program. It's a program, sometimes they'll send out yeshiva bachim during Ben Azmanim to different cities, and they come and they stay for the summer and they have learning and they set up chavrusas with people there. So there was a brilliant man in our shul, he had a PhD in astrophysics, and he got set up with one of these yeshiva bachim to learn. And I asked him how he liked it. He said, I didn't. I said, why? He says, because we were learning the Gemara. And I tried to say, oh, so the, maybe this means to say, and he'll say, we're going to get to it. Okay, wait, I'll explain it to you. Every time I tried to come up with an idea, he just cut me off, right? And so that's the idea of isimas live. When it comes to people to realize, right, if a person would remember who and what a person is, and even an object, anything in the world that a person can see and a person can learn from, to think like there's famous things in the world of inventions, these, uh, these post-it notes, right, that we have. There was a, an engineer who worked for 3M. He was working on making glue, and he made this glue. Yeah, it doesn't work very good. You stick it, but then you pull, and it comes right off again, right? What good is it? <laughs> Suddenly, right, the idea of the post-it note, right? So, <laughs> so each thing is there. We've had David Amelech, how he had to understand the value of the spider, right? And the spider web ended up protecting him. Meaning, don't discount anything. To ignore is to discount, right? And ignoring is not just an intellectual exercise. It's really from the heart. Easy must live. 
that you don't apply your heart to really feel and sense what's there and what's out there. Paro, the Svarim all say, is osios. When you rearrange the letters, it's oref. Oref is the back of the neck, meaning you can turn your back on so many things, right? Huh? Sheoref. right? That's a, a Professor Yehuda Levi, a famous Talmud uh, Chacham from Yotze Germania. He said that Yeke is Rashi Tevos Yehudi Kshei Oref, right? He said that. So, so um, but the idea of, of turning your back on something, we are sometimes so silly that we'll feel if I turn my back on it, it doesn't exist, right? That's what it means. Paro, he gave it the Oref, Mi Hashem. I mean, me Hashem, right? Look at this, look at what's happening. I turn my back, it disappears, right? It's uh, like the hiding the head the in the sand, the ostrich, right? He puts his head in the sand, so everything disappears. We have to be careful not to do that. Again, it's a time in which we need to apply our hearts, right? To be noser bolim chavero, and to feel and to sense and to daven. And it's a huge power that we have. Again, it can work for us or against us, but at least identifying it, that's what that posuk means. Paro went back to his house He was able, if we imagine Makas Dam, the Nile, the, the, the magnitude of the Nile that starts in Lake Victoria there in Africa and supplied Egypt with all of its water, it all turned to blood. Eh. We have the ability to do that, but Right? We also have the ability to apply our hearts and to do much more. Okay, and we have lots of good things to apply our hearts to.